Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We attended the Forbes 30 Under 30 forum. Literally every single other company was from the tech industry. And they're all like, yeah, you know, I got an investment of 25 million, blah, blah, blah. And there was a guy, he got 1.5 billion invested into his company. Are you joking? And what we did was we really went back to basics, like the most simple way of starting a business. Starting it today, starting it... 10 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, I don't think there would have been a big difference. Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Hi, Jill. Hi, Carlene. How you doing? I'm good. The sun's out. Yes, but it's still winter. I know, but it feels like spring's coming. (laughs) So before we dig into today's episode... Thank everybody for communicating with us via DM on Instagram. We decided to create a more formal slash informal place for everybody to communicate together about things they want to hear more of in Breaking Beauty or just comments or suggestions. And so we created the Breaking Beauty chat room on Facebook. So I wanted to make sure we flagged that. It's a closed Facebook group. So you'll have to be accepted into the group. And the whole idea is that it's like a safe space to comment and share, talk about products, talk about episodes. We're going to have behind the scenes pictures in there. We're going to have some bonus content and, um, you know, just create a community with other beauty lovers. So check us out. And we will check in to find out what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. Product recommendations, all of that good stuff. So today's episode, we are so excited to finally be chatting with a hair brand founder. Hello. Yeah. You know what? It's been really challenging to find a hair brand founder that's still involved with the brand or still Mm -hmm. alive. I mean, there's the Vidal Sassoon's of the world. And, um, you know, Paul Mitchell, like it almost seems a bit 80s. Yeah. um, These hairstylists that were associated with. Wait, he's still alive though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Don't start rumors now. No, no. Yeah, he's alive and well. But anyway, um, we are really excited to finally be able to dig into the hair business a little bit. That's right. So today we're talking to the founder of Invisibobble. Her name is Sophie, I'm going to butcher this, Trellis Tavide. That's how I say it, which is not the right way to say it. No. She's going to say her own name, and then you're going to hear it, and you won't be able to say it either. <laughs> um, and she's the Munich-based co-founder of the Invisibobble. And in 2016, Forbes named her and her business partner part of that 30 under 30 list. Mm-hmm. So she's really young. She's incredibly inspirational, and she's just kicking ass with this singular hero product that mm-hmm. is literally gone global. Yeah. You're probably wearing one on your wrist right now. I am. 
it's the kind of thing that I, I use it in my hair when I'm washing my face because I can put up my hair without it putting a dent in it and destroying it, especially after I've had a blowout. And I use it on my daughter all the time. Mm-hmm. She's wor- literally wearing one today. So can I read you this text that I got from one of my high school besties yesterday? Yes, I want to hear it. Okay, so she lives in Prince Edward Island, a very small place. There's no Sephora there or anything, only drugstores. Mm-hmm. And literally the day after we interviewed Sophie, she texts me and says, be meaning to text you. If you use these elastics and put hair on top of your head at night in the AM, your hair is perfect. Game changer for my hair. And she sends the picture of the Invisibob. Yeah. <laughs> which is just so funny to me and an indication that it is just blown up. You know, even people who aren't beauty junkies, they use it on the daily. Mm -hmm. It launched in 2012. Now it's in 70 countries around the world, and they have more than 100 employees. Um, They ship it by the container full. Um, So you can imagine these boxes are very tiny squares. So there's just huge amounts that are being transported every day. Um, and you get a sense of that massive volume. Yeah, like they could fit in the palm of your hand. And if you haven't seen one before, it looks like an old school telephone cord that it's in a circular shape, but it's made with this pliable, non-sticky material. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think you had you had <clears throat> some reservations about it at first, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, well, when I first started seeing them, my gut reaction was like, I'm not using that. It's going to get stuck in my hair just because I'm old enough that back in the day we used to use those phones with the phone cords and it did get stuck in my hair. Right. So I, it was a while before I was like. What do you mean? Like when you were stretching the cord to like talk in the other room? Yeah. 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 No, it was when I was lying (laughs) on my bed talking on the phone and the cord stretched out to my foot and you know, and then you're wrapping it around your finger and your hair gets caught. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I came around decided to try it and of course it does not do that it glides out very easily and that's I'm sure the cornerstone to its success yeah and you know there's a sports version for an extra strong hold it's called mm-hmm. power there's a little wee one called nano if you've got really thin hair yeah and one major benefit is that it just puts less tension on your mm-hmm. head when you're wearing your hair up so right. you get fewer headaches mm-hmm. and you can leave it in forever and your hair is kink free like you yeah. mentioned you know you can do a soul cycle class and then go to brunch and you're yeah. good so it definitely reminds me of the scrunchie that I always used to wear back in the day when I especially when I played sports Mm -hmm. and there's always a pop culture element too and there was that savage scene from Sex and the City. You have your leading lady running all over town wearing a scrunchie. What's wrong with that? Well nothing unless you're writing about women on the island of Manhattan in which case uh, where do I begin? No woman who works at W Magazine and lives on Perry Street would be caught dead at a hip downtown restaurant wearing a scrunchie. That's hilarious. I certainly remember scrunchies from my day. Scrunchies are having a high fashion revival. Like at Mansur Gabrielle, they were on the spring runway. Uh, right now, you can look on Net-A-Porter. Balenciaga is selling leather ones for $250 US. But back up, what did the Mansur ones look, look like? If I remember correctly, it was cloth, but they were really pretty, almost like polka dots. Okay. And it was, of course, in those subdued colors that are very Mansur Gabrielle. With like around a ponytail? Or how yeah, they... a low ponytail. Oh, cute. Yeah, very mincer. Right. You can picture it. 
And then Balenciaga, you said, are just like off the charts expensive. Yeah. And they're leather and I need one. Um, <laughs> I also was interviewing um, Moshe Lenstrom-Helbert and she used to be the fashion director of Footwear News. She recently launched a coatwear line called Thermacota with her mom, Linda Lenstrom, and her sister. I was interviewing her for a story and she was saying that. She's like, oh, scrunchies are back. Trust me. And I loved the story she was talking about how they hand they make their coats um, by the order so they don't stock them in advance and when somebody orders them they like to use the leftover fabric and make scrunchies out of it and send it to their clients as a surprise oh, I love that so cute they have like pink shearling coats can you imagine yeah I, I need one of those too <laughs> <laughs> yeah and funny story at my girlfriend's gift exchange during the holiday season my friend Heather shout out Heather she actually handmade a whole bunch of scrunchies and that was the gift that everybody was trying to steal yeah. But back to the Invisibobble, I think it has that same sort of functionality and you wear it on your wrist. You'll see it on everybody now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that they are going to evolve beyond this product. We got a few hints of that. Mm-hmm. I think the scrunchie might be a part of their inspiration for some upcoming launches. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. They um, are also, she, um, the founder Sophie mentioned that they are planning to expand Invisibobble into a full line of hair accessories. Mm -hmm. They're actually launching a headband. It has sort of a cloth top on it and underneath it has that phone cord so that it doesn't slip out of place. Yeah, so picture like your Lululemon headband that keeps your baby hairs off your face, but then underneath it's the it's the coil so you can actually also do a ponytail which is pretty pretty genius instead of having two hair accessories you'll be able to just have one two in one headband and hair ring it Mm -hmm. says so i'll be curious to see what's next and how she plans to roll this out into a full-fledged line yeah so the og invisibobble it's something i wish that i invented Mm -hmm. um it's kind of delivering a very simplistic product to people that they didn't even know they needed. Yeah. It kind of reminiscent of the beauty blender in a way. It's a very kind of pedestrian mm-hmm. item that really nobody gave any thought to. Right. And it's not expensive, but you use it every single day. Yeah. Don't worry, Jill. I have this feeling you're going to be on TV selling one of these products. It's going to be like, how many units every second? I can see it. It's on my dream board. It's happening. And I will, be, I will be a small investor. But funny you should mention, you know, the idea of the simplicity of the concept. Mm-hmm. The tagline for Invisibobble is that simple. And as you're about to hear, it really was a dead simple idea using simple methods that catapulted this product to become a worldwide bestseller, both in salons and when you check out at drugstores. It's everywhere. And the shocking thing is when Sophie invented this, she was only 18 years old. She was a student in university. So up first, we're going to hear a little bit more about Sophie's upbringing and how her appreciation for entrepreneurship started very early. My full name is Sophie Trellis Tvede, actually pronounced Treyes Tvede, which is half Spanish, half Danish, so it's pretty much unpronounceable for anyone <laughs> on this planet, but there you go. And I'm 25 years old. I like to define myself as a third culture kid, um, which means that when people ask you the question, where do you come from, you, you just don't have a, a proper answer for that. 
Um, the reason is because I was born in Denmark. My parents are from Spain and Denmark. But when I was just one year old, I moved to Switzerland. But even in Switzerland, uh, I went to an international school. And as a result of that, you only really have international friends. Of course, you also have some Swiss friends. But as a result of that, I don't even speak proper Swiss German. So to say that I'm Swiss also makes no sense for people. And I think as a result of growing up in an environment like this, you you don't identify yourself necessarily with a location. You identify yourself more with a type of people or a group of people. Um, and because of that, I think with this background of you can be anywhere and you can find your home anywhere as long as the people that you surround yourself with are the right kind of people, it, it opens so many doors to I can do anything, um, why not? Um, and I think I, I also had a, a lot of background or let's say exposure to the concept of entrepreneurship. You don't have to follow a certain path in life. Um, get a job at a, at a big company where your job is secured and so on. If you want to do something else, like start your own company, then why not? My father, for example, he's uh, what you would call a serial entrepreneur. Uh, he's been doing this his whole life. And I have seen him go high. Let's say I've seen him be very, very successful with a company. I've also seen his companies go, go down the drain. Um, it's not always a pretty story, but it's all the stories that get shared at home were absolutely amazing. So we know that Sophie invented the Invisibobble in university. Let's find out where she went to school and what college life was like. And the moment that changed it all. I was in school in, in Switzerland, um, and I decided very early on that I wanted to study internationally. It wasn't of interest to me to study in Switzerland. So I ended up at the University of Warwick just one hour north of London, and I studied management. I signed up for um, a nice room that had an ensuite bathroom, which I really thought I was going to get. And then a few weeks later, I, I got offered a room without a bathroom. Um, not only that, but we shared two toilets between 18 people. And I got there and I said, okay, you know, like w once I'm there, I'll try to swap over into, into nicer dorms because these, these were dorms from the 1970s and just hadn't been renovated since then. And honestly, once I got there, um, I met the people in the dorms. They were, I would say, 20% internationals and the rest were British. And it was such a nice community. We had, um, we have this communal space, so everyone cooks together in the kitchen and then everyone eats together in the communal space. And within one week or so, we were all a family and I think that was so nice because you come from your home where everything is clean and everything is tidy and your mom makes dinner for you kind of situation to that you get thrown into cold water but somehow you appreciate it so much and I went to a bad taste party and because the University of Warwick is in the middle of nowhere the parties are really cool because everyone goes to the same party so when you go there you know literally every other person that's at the party so we made this big effort and put on really ugly clothes and over-the-top makeup and all of that. And I was about to leave the dorm room. And then I realized it's a bit of a shame I haven't done anything with my hair. And I had um, this old uh, emergency telephone with a, the traditional telephone cord hanging off of it. And I thought, okay, I can unplug that on both sides and, and just sort of put it in my hair and... And off I went. So I did that. And this is like a huge, chunky telephone cord. It was so big. It literally, like, you could see more telephone cord than you could see my hair. So I went to the party. Nah, 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 I had a great time. 
came back, I managed to put myself into my pajamas and take off my makeup, but what I did forget was the telephone cord. So when I woke up the next morning, I still had that in my hair. And take into to mind that I have migraines, and just in general, even with a little bit of tension on my head, I get a headache. So I woke up in the morning and I just, I didn't have any tension. I had, I barely had a headache. And I was like, no, this can't be. Is this maybe the solution? I immediately called Felix, who's um, the other, the co-founder of Invisibubble. And I said, look, I have this idea. And he was like, look, Sophie, I really, I don't get it. But if you're so convinced and you're up for it, then let's give it a try. my god do you know how many keg parties i went to in college <laughs> or theme parties mm-hmm. like i can imagine the only thing i ever woke up with was like a blistering hangover and p.s very grateful there was no social media in 2000 right i actually went to york university when there was a strike that lasted for about two months and you were allowed to use your food card at the pub to buy <laughs> pitchers of beer and packs of cigarettes. So you can only imagine how much pool was going on at that time and not a lot of inventions. I will tell you that. Having an idea is one thing, but like springing into action and like calling your friend yeah. over brunch and being like, let's do it. Is exactly. a totally different mindset. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I have a mile a minute, but 98% of them <laughs> do not get executed. They don't, they don't go past lift off. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think what I really took away from our conversation with Sophie is the sense of fearlessness. And we actually hear that from a lot of founders, this gut instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, she just knew. She's like, yeah, it's just going to work. Why wouldn't it? So we asked Sophie, why didn't she just park the idea for a few years, kick back with her classmates, maybe try and bankroll the idea first? How did she know it was going to take off and that the time was now? It all came down to the simplicity of the idea. Um, So often you hear, you talk to your friends or something and and they tell you, oh, I have this great idea for, I don't know, like improving battery charged cars and stuff like that. And you're like, well, that's great, but the amount of engineering you need and just development in general is something that you don't have at hand. So you would have to speak to someone or hire someone that can help you in that respect. And a hair tie that no one requires any kind of experience in the first instance, if you will. Um, so for for the both of us, for Felix and I, it wasn't something, it didn't, let's say it didn't sound complicated. Therefore, we didn't even have the smallest bit of fear of, oh no, we're too many steps deep in this, we can't get back out of it. We were sure that we could find a, a product that that could service the market. Going back to that idea of simplicity, she's a very kind of minimalistic, you know, casual person. She doesn't seem too worried about anything. Even when we met her, her style is like pared down and relaxed. She had barely any makeup on, jeans, plaid shirt, army boots. Getting down to sheer logistics, though, how much money did it take to start this company and how did they manage to do it on a student budget? I went back and I I looked at what was the investment, actually, and it came out to around $4,000. And I figured out, okay, it comes out to more or less the equivalent of 1,350 vodka Red Bulls. Would I have drunk that instead throughout my three years of university? (laughs) Debatable, maybe yes, maybe no. And with those $4,000, we managed to set up a website. 
um, order our business cards <laughs> and order the first round of product. Obviously, it was a very, very small batch, but it was enough to start handing it out to hairdressers, selling it to hairdressers, getting feedback. So once the first batch had been sold, we had a little bit more. And with that, we ordered the second batch. And literally, that's how the business grew. It was organic the whole way. That's another thing that's special to Invisibubble when you look at when you look at startups from the last few years. I think a, a good way of setting the field was uh, we attended the Forbes 30 Under 30 forum in 2015. And it's really interesting because you get to meet all these other successful young people who have their own companies. And literally every single other company was from the tech industry. It's really hard to find someone who does consumer products. Um, and they're all like, yeah, you know, I got an investment of 25 million, blah, blah, blah. And there was a guy, he got 1.5 billion invested into his company. Are you joking? This is a completely different world. And what we did was we really went back to basics, like the most simple way of starting a business. You take a small amount of money. You don't take a loan. You have your little products, which you literally sell, like, like you sell lemonade on the street, sort of like that, and then organically build it up. It's something that in this day and age doesn't exist so much anymore. Um, so starting it today, starting it 10 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, I don't think there would have been a big difference. Beauty businesses today are typically launched on social media, Yeah. to be honest. So this really is kind of a old school approach and a product that you don't have to watch a YouTube tutorial to figure out how to use it. Yes. Hallelujah. You know, and again, a lot of the things that we see nowadays are like crowdsourced and all of that stuff mm -hmm. to your point. And it's just like, this was just, you know, a great idea at the right time. And there's n no better formula than that. And there's no doubt that a product like this has all the makings of a hit. It works for everyone, every age. And it's so inexpensive. Different hair types and yeah. textures. Three, You can get three of them for like $10. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you when you're at the cash wrap at the salon just exactly. grab that? Exactly. In a pinch. Throw it in a stocking. Yeah. And I personally love how smooth it is. Um, I don't know if we touched on this earlier, but it's actually made from this artificial resin. So the surface is really suited for those even with allergies they say and it never pulls in curly hair mm -hmm. and I think Sophie told us they went through about 15 different um, prototypes before they came up with this final product. It's contradictory when you look at the shape you think that will get caught in your hair. The reality is though it it's made of a material that reacts with heat um, which means that it retracts itself more with heat, but in general, it retracts itself. So if you think about the Invisibubble, uh, this telephone cord shape, if you stretch it, the shape actually gets lost, and then it ends up looking sort of like a spaghetti, if you will. And that's exactly what you do when you put it in your hair. You pull on it, it doesn't have a shape, then you wrap it around two or three times, and then you let it sit, and then slowly, the, the Invisibubble contracts itself into the hair, and then it sits put. But then when you want to take it out, you start pulling at one strand and then the whole Invisibubble starts losing its shape again and then it comes out really, really easily. And that also allows for that you need to put a lot less pressure onto the hair because it has these little teeth almost when, it, when the shape gets, um, when, the, when the Invisibubble retracts into the hair. And that's why you don't get these tensions. Um, the material we use is, it's very important for the, the functionality of the product. It's a completely smooth surface, so if you look under a microscope, it's still completely smooth, which means that it doesn't tear on the hair, it doesn't even cause any kind of breakage when you use it. 
So, Carlene, I brought you a little something to inspect. Let me see. What is this? <laughs> you know oh. what it is? Well, it looks like the Invisibobble, but like a little more clear on the edges, I feel. Yeah. This is a counterfeit one. Oh. And full disclosure, I did not buy this. Okay. Um, this was sent to me, oddly enough, in a, in a hair mail-out from like a shampoo brand or something. Ooh. And so... I don't know who sent it to me, but when you compare the two, like, let's compare them. It's Do you the have... Invisibobble? <laughs> I, I don't know what they <laughs> called it, but you can tell, like, the material just isn't, I don't know. It's, like, thicker somehow. Yeah. It's less springy. Yeah. I just, I'm not that into it. I don't, I when I have put this in my hair before, I just felt like it really didn't hold it in the same way as the mm-hmm. Invisibobble. But, like, the point being that counterfeits are out of control yeah. with, with this brand. And when I was researching Invisibobble, I went to their site and I noticed that on their job board, they're hiring a brand protection manager because these knockoffs are so out of control. Yeah, and I think you see that with any any hot brand. Beauty mm-hmm. Blender experienced the same thing. Um, certainly in designer fashion, you see it constantly or you mm-hmm. see independent artists that say certain fast fashion companies are, you know, taking their work or whatever. And mm-hmm. in this day and age of globalization, it's it's something very real that she has to deal with. Exactly. And I don't think people, when they are knocking off, are concerned at all about no. how the founder is going to feel. But us interviewing founders, we had to ask Sophie, how did she feel and what did she do when she encountered her first fake Invisibobble? you know that you've really made it if you get copied. It's more, you have to worry if you're not getting copied. Um, so every time we enter a new market, we're there and then it takes a few months and then there's the knockoffs and then we're like, yes. Uh, of course, they, they do take part of our sales, but it, it's the sign of we have made it, we're a prominent product that, that is worth uh, copying. In terms of what we do, um, of course, there's the legal side. Yes, we, we have um, a legal team and their biggest focus point is actually online. So if you Google our product, that there is not um, knockoffs that you see online, um, that the pricing is right, all of this, that it really looks like a, a clean brand. Other than that, of course, we have patents, we have trademarks, we have um, design registrations, all of this, and we do enforce them. But at the end of the day, we think the focus is much better invested into looking forward, into looking at our own brand, how can we develop new innovation? How can we further with the distribution that we currently have? How can we offer more to the client rather than focus uh, focusing everything on, oh, these guys did this and those guys did that. It's huge legal fees. It's a huge time investment for something that's basically inevitable anyway. Sophie is so polished. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like an answer that Oprah would give. Yeah, I know if it was me and I spent all this time spending money and time and, and I invented something that nobody had ever seen before. And, and patented I, it. And I saw a fake, I'd be like, I will f***ing take you down. I will and I will take your house. My lawyers will rip your head off, eat it, spit it back out and right into the garbage can. <laughs> Um, Yeah. And so we thought it was a little funny that she was so PC in her answer. But then Mm -hmm. later in the presentation, um, she gave an answer that was a little bit more in line with what you and I 
would probably how we would probably react. I think it was two years after we started exhibiting at this big trade show in in Italy. Uh, we're in our in our hall. It's like huge halls. And there's all the big brands there, like L'Oreal and Bella and all this kind of stuff, and it's super prestigious to be there. And then right next to our hall, there's the China Pavilion. I was like, oh, out of interest, let me go see what's going on there. Literally walk in, first stand on the right, Invisibubble China. And I was like, are you joking? So we're like the original Invisibubble in, in Hall 35, and then China Pavilion right there, literally just selling our Invisibubbles over the counter. And I was like, um, excuse me, this is our product, this is our trademark, you are not our producer, I know that. And we got into this huge fight, this is like in the middle of this hallway, and we're shouting at each other, this guy and me, he like spat in my face because he was shouting at me so much. I was like, damn it, I don't speak Italian, but I was like, how do you say police in Italian? I was like, carabinieri, I will call the carabinieri. And they're like, okay, okay, and they eventually took everything down. As we know, Invisibobble became fast friends with hairstylists in the salon community. But what most people don't know is that they are also part of the same distribution company called New Flag that distributes Tangle Teaser, Olaplex, Beauty Blender, Color Wow, and a couple of others that we don't have here. Yeah, it's all throughout Europe. And New Flag is owned by Felix's brother. And nine months into Invisibobble's first year as a company... New Flag took a majority stake. And as of 2016, Felix joined the management team at New Flag, and they are developing more innovations of their own as well. Sophie shared with us one of those that we might just see on store shelves here in the coming months. It's called Foamy. And essentially, it's a sponge that has soap, body wash already integrated into it. So it's sort of that Mm two-in-one. You get in the shower, you wet it, and then you get your exfoliation, your cleansing all together. And I think it lasts 30 uses is what she said. It's meant to last about a month or so. So I I feel like guys would be into this. Switching gears a bit, we asked Sophie who some of her heroes are. Um, We threw at her that classic question, if you were to have a dinner party, which three people would you have sitting beside and across from you? So let's hear who made her guest list. David Attenborough. I don't know if if he's so famous in Canada. He he does nature documentaries. He just did Blue Planet 2. Very old man, but he has completely changed my childhood and my, let's say, respect for nature and animals. Then, this is a a classic, but I'm a huge fan of Richard Branson. I think his view on life is just amazing. He wants to change something. He wants to improve something. He just makes it happen. He hires the people for it. He develops his team. There is no limit, and he's shown that by developing his brand across a variety of, of different markets. It's just insane what this guy does. And the third one, I would, in general, the, the whole team of, of EOS, the, the founding team, um, what EOS has done, on the simplest term, they've just changed the packaging. And it went through the roof. They're positioning in pretty much any store you walk into, whether it's in the US, in Canada, in Europe, it's insane. People love the product. You will never forget it. That is, uh, for me the perfect example of you change something small and it changes the whole category. 
those are interesting choices. David Attenborough, um, I agree, he'd be incredible. I just listened to him on a New Yorker podcast. And the tales he spun, just wow. Totally. And on the EOS front, again, I think that kind of speaks to her personal motto, like, keep it simple, stupid. Some of the best advice going around. Well, Richard Branson was just as bold when he was Sophie's age. So you're right. I'm sure Mm -hmm. she's she's going to follow in his footsteps. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure a lot of people have been very impressed by Felix and Sophie's success Mm -hmm. thus far. But on the flip side, I think a lot of people have sort of written them off. And, you know, there's been some ageism going on where they're just not necessarily taken as seriously as somebody who has a few more years under their belt in the beauty business. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they wouldn't now, but as they were trying to grow the business, I can imagine it might have been a bit challenging. In this next clip, Sophie shares one example about how their baby faces kind of backfired on them. When Invisibubble started, we were both 18, and I think we looked 14, 15. Um, And you have to take into account the whole hair care and and beauty industry generally is led by really big companies, which also has much older people in it. We wanted to open a, a new distribution market in Europe, and they drove over, um, so they drove like eight or nine hours to come visit us, and... So Felix had been doing the whole communication with them and they, for whatever reason, thought Felix was like a 50-year-old man. So um, they walk in and Felix opens the door for them. He's like, oh, hey, so nice to finally meet you. Here, take a seat here. Would you like anything to drink? I mean, we were a team of two. We don't have a, a secretary or someone to go get a coffee. So obviously he got the coffee. So he got them the coffee and then he sat down in, in front of them and they were all confused like, what you know why is the intern sitting down and then at some point he was like oh yeah I quickly need the bathroom or something gets up and goes comes back they're gone oh but where did they go and so on we tried to call them for like two or three weeks they literally they just disappeared and then they were like yeah it can't be the case that we drive for eight or nine hours and you sit us down with your intern and Felix was like I hate to break it to you but that was me that was me in the meeting and they were like oh so sorry blah oh my god like how embarrassing would that be if you were those clients (laughs) and you just ghosted like that and lost all that money yeah I'm not sad for them no I think they made amends they figured (laughs) it out bygones be bygones so many miscommunications like that happen over email right oh like all the time when you're emailing someone named Alex and you don't know if it's a guy or a girl and you're like (laughs) hello there yeah and then you you meet in person you're like eureka (laughs) yeah (laughs) Well, they obviously had a few stumbling blocks along the way, as any business does, and we asked Sophie what the best advice she would give to other budding entrepreneurs who are trying to navigate the business world, especially at a young age. I would say do as much as you can possibly do, meaning only hire people on board if you really require them, if you can still do the work yourself do so because as soon as you hire people that's a task you give away which means that you're further away from that task and you have less control or understanding of that area I think that's very very crucial in the beginning that you don't hire too many people and you yourself don't quite know what you're doing and therefore you cannot pass that on to to the rest of the team 
Thanks for tuning in. Visit breakingbeauty.ca to sign up for our newsletter and every episode will be delivered direct to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And be sure to subscribe to us. There's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast fix. And if you're up for it, show your love by writing a review in iTunes. 